0: continue. Uh, so this is our church, Grace Harbor Church in Tokyo Waterfront. Um, going, we'll continue. Uh, this is our staff, our pastor Seima Sema in the white shirt and his wife next to him. And then these two uh, young men in blue are both uh, uh, Japanese men, one a pastoral intern working with the church, one just preparing for seminary. We're excited to see these young men in that process of being equipped and uh, sent out as uh, japanese pastors and leaders in the church let's continue this is a picture not this last easter but the easter before last easter we were on zoom so it didn't get a good picture but this was from the year before we're just thankful for all that god has gathered together um this gives you a little context tokyo is the host city for the 2020 olympics that have been shifted to 2021 we don't know exactly what will happen but that same yellow circle Um, includes the athletes olympic village up near the kind of top left there and then four other um, athletic venues are within our target area it's hard to know what this next year is going to look like but please do be praying for japan be praying for grace harbor church among other churches whether the olympics do happen whether they happen with or without fans or what happens it's, it's really hard to know, but pray that God would be glorified and that his kingdom would be built through that season. Okay. Japan. You might think of Japan for technology, perhaps sushi. Perhaps you think of samurai. Um, this is the castle I visited back a few years ago. There was a, a big earthquake in Kumamoto. Unfortunately, uh, that castle wall uh, crumbled a bit. <laughs> Because of the earthquake and they're in a slow restoration process you might think about cool samurai castles Um, but as you think back to your biblical knowledge perhaps stories as a child or uh, even recently in your devotions maybe what story can you think of an account in the bible where god's people faced a formidable city an obstacle perhaps with big walls uh, where there was a hindrance to the advancement of God's ordained mission for them. Audience participation. What story comes to mind? Jericho. Jericho, Yes, good job. Okay. Before we jump into that story, I think we can find some, some good insight today for our situation now. But let's go back to what is God's call, what was and what is God's call to his people, his mission for his people, the church. And we see this reiterated over and over let's do the next slide here genesis 12 we see god calling his people blessing them to be a blessing to the nations let me read this now the lord said to abram go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that i will show you and i will make of you a great nation and i will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing I will bless those who bless you, and to him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. We see this call, this mission for God's people, reiterated in many different ways through Scripture. Psalm 67, which has already been mentioned and we'll sing later in the service. We look at verses 1 and 2 here. Uh, David wrote, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. Why? That your ways may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. God's call, God's mission for us to be a blessing, a blessing to the nations. So if we look at this next slide, a little bit of ancient Near East geography, just what you were hoping for today. Uh, but if we look at uh, the layout here, we've got Babylon, we've got Assyria over there, we've uh, got a Egypt, kind of in green on the left there. Um, so the the world at that time, you know, you've got you've got Africa, you've got Asia, you've got kind of Europe up this way. Um, you see Israel and, and the land of Canaan being located right. At the crossroads of all of that territory. And plus, you've got that big X. That X is in the uh, Arabian desert. Nobody wants to go through there. So everybody goes up, over, and down through Canaan. God put his people, God promised his people a place where they could fulfill that mission to be a blessing to the nations. You read in other, other parts of scripture how did the queen of Sheba know about King Solomon? Because all the people, the traders, the the travelers were going through that land, the fame of God would spread. This was God's intention for his people, to be a blessing. So that uh, that strategic location. Now, after 400 years, God's promise to his people, God's promise to Abraham that his people would inhabit this land to be a blessing. Yet, over 400 years later, through a large detour in captivity in Egypt, God has brought his people out, brought them on to the brink of this promised land. God's people under now the leadership of Joshua, seeking to fulfill the next step in their mission. And yet they face a big obstacle right across the river or across the Jordan into this land There's a big obstacle, a hindrance. Let's go to the next slide. Obviously an artist's rendition, but Jericho, right? The walls of Jericho. So let's, let's put ourselves in Israel's position. Try to imagine their situation. So how would they be feeling? They had just come off of a 40-year quarantine of sorts, right? Treading water, waiting for what's next. Isn't that how you feel right now? It feels like 40 years, maybe. Uh, in the Sinai Peninsula, God had now brought them to the brink of the promised land again. They also were remembering that the generation before them had come to that same place and had failed to trust God and enter and take the land. You think they would be excited? Maybe. You think they would be scared? Do you think they would be uncertain? In their fear and doubt, would they look to these promises of God and say, are these promises still valid? is God still working? I think we can relate to that, right? We faced a year of COVID and a million other things that have been hard. Are we also afraid that God has forgotten us? That God may have forgotten his promises? Let's look at this next slide. This is, so this is back to my world. <laughs> You come out of the uh, train station in Shibuya and at night in particular, it feels like you have this big neon wall. These buildings just shoot up and in many ways, Tokyo can feel like a walled city. Maybe like, like that samurai castle we saw or like Jericho in some ways. Tokyo has strong cultural walls that keep in language, culture, Religion in a very homogenous, integrated culture that for centuries was was isolated as an island nation. These walls also keeping out core cultural identity-challenging foreign ideas like Christianity. Now, even though you, if you visited Tokyo, you would see Starbucks, perhaps a McDonald's on almost every corner That doesn't count as the core culturally challenging foreign idea. Christianity challenges the core of what Japanese believe and even who they see themselves as, who they are. In spite of 160 years of Protestant missions in Japan, and then even further back to the early Jesuit missionaries in the 1500s, we see Japan as a country of about a quarter of 1% Christians. It may feel like Japan or that Tokyo is this impenetrable city like Jericho. Yet with a mission to be a blessing to the nations. How do we think about a city like Tokyo? How do you think about Orlando? How did Israel think about Jericho? So let's, let's take this step back. What can the church in Japan, what can you in Orlando learn about how God works? particularly when we are struggling with fear, with our doubts, with uncertainty. So we're going to take a look at Joshua chapters 2 and chapter 6. And just for the sake of time, we're going to kind of give a big overview here. But I think that we can be encouraged today. So God will work. Let's look at this next slide. Um, God reveals his plan to Israel as they're on the, uh, the edge of entering into the promised land. And we read this in Joshua 2, or Joshua 6, sorry, 2 through 5. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men in valor. You shall march around the city for six days. On the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And then all the people shall shout with a great shout. And you know what's next, right? And the wall of the city will fall down flat. Okay, how cool is that, that Israel knew what God was going to do before they even approached the, the city? What was God calling his people to do here? God was bringing down the wall, right? God called his people to obedience. They were called to march around. God was calling them to worship. It really was sort of a mobile worship service. They had the ark, they had the priests, they had the trumpets, they were shouting, uh, marching around, and God was calling them effectively to dependence and to trust, to trust him. We naturally see God's sovereign work, his power here, and yet there is more to this story. There is always more to the story with God. So as we take a deeper look, I hope that we can be encouraged. Let's look at this next slide. We also see that God was already working, melting hearts. Like, melting hearts, what does that mean? So let's go back to chap- chapter 2, and this is when the spies that, Jer- that Joshua sent out uh, going to check out the city. It actually ends up being kind of a busted reconnaissance mission. They get discovered right away, uh, Rahab helps hide them, and then send them off to safety. You think, why is this story, even in this passage, the, the, the mission was a failure? Well, we learned some really amazing things about what God was already doing. God was at work on behalf of Israel to overcome the enemy. Let's take a look here, the next slide. Joshua, again in Joshua 2. These are Rahab's word. Rahab said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, and that the fear of you has fallen upon us, and that the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. For we have heard about how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea. See, they already were hearing of God's fame. Before you, when you came out of Egypt, and when you did, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted, and there was no spirit left in any man because of you. God was instilling fear in the people. Their hearts were melting. There was no spirit left in any man. God was melting away their human confidence, their pride, their arrogance. God was doing something else. Let's go to the next slide. God was also working in Rahab's heart. Melting her in a different way. God was melting, softening her heart. I'm sorry, maybe back one slide. Um, We read in Joshua 2, some different verses, 9, 11 through 13. Rahab said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, for the Lord your God, he is God in the heavens above and the earth beneath. How did she know this? And she says, then please swear to me by the Lord that as I have dealt kindly with you, you also will deal kindly with my father's house and give me a sure sign that you will save alive my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and deliver our lives from death. God was working in Rahab, sovereignly working, turning her security from her own people, from her own culture, from that walled city that she would have found so much security in. And God was turning her hope to the Lord, the God of all. And as she put it, the God of the heavens above and the earth beneath. God was giving her faith to switch teams, to commit treason and follow, commit treason against Jericho and to follow the God of Israel How could she do that? God was sovereignly intervening, working for his glory and for Israel's good. But God was also working for the nations. God was fulfilling on behalf of Israel, before they even crossed the river into that land, God was working to save Rahab and her family and to bring them into the fold of God's people. And Rahab wasn't just a stranger tacked on at the end, the caboose of the train. God gave her a position of prominence in his people. Rahab was the mother of Boaz, who married Ruth, who had Obed, who had Jesse, the father of David, King David. Ultimately, as we see this in Matthew 1, this genealogy leading all the way to Christ. God was fulfilling the mission that he gave his people, and he was doing it himself. And they didn't even know it was happening until the spies came. I love that. They didn't even know it was happening. God is working. In full disclosure, I'm going to share a couple things now that I picked up from a sermon that our Japanese pastor, Seima Aoyagi, gave uh, last year. Kind of early on during COVID, Brad mentioned earlier that it's, COVID has been a challenge for all of us. I might be one of the few guys that's been thankful <laughs> because even though we're an ocean apart from Tokyo that we're able to participate in worship, I'm able to still maintain my role with our interpreter team for services. Uh, and I had, in God's providence, the privilege of translating for a sermon on the same passage uh, last year. But same, I brought some interesting insights that I think are helpful, as we, again, as we look at this. Thinking again about Rahab, as she's facing such internal obstacles to this God of Israel that she would have only just heard about by word of mouth. Her own culture, her own religion, her security, certainly those walls of Jericho. In the ancient Near East, what else would you want but walls, something to protect you from all that was going on. It was craziness, like the Wild West. Walls would have been such an important part of your own security and even your hope. And yet God was transferring her hope, not in her culture, her language, her security, but her hope in him. And our pastor Sema pointed out, this is so similar, so familiar to the Japanese believers in our own congregation only God can bring about this kind of change. It's interesting as I've been in Japan for about 15 years now. Um, as we interact with Japanese friends and just love uh, enjoying and engaging with Japanese culture. There's so many beautiful aspects of Japanese culture. We see God's character displayed and reflected in ways that we don't always see so clearly in uh, other cultures. Just it's the beauty of God's uh, character displayed throughout the nations one thing about japan it's very interesting you'll ask a question to someone it could be about a tourist site it could be about the language it could be about food it could be about culture it could be about religion and people answer with we japanese and then they'll answer the question there's something beautiful about that understanding of being a part of something bigger but there's also something it's an obstacle To an idea that is outside of what Japanese grow up understanding, understanding the gospel. That idea of, in a sense, that cultural wall that keeps out foreign ideas like Christianity and keeps in language and culture and religion in Japan. So, just like Israel, again, with their own fears, doubts, and uncertainties, stepping to the edge of the promised land, God was working. And much of it was behind the scenes. They didn't even know. And God was bringing about his mission for Israel. What about us? Though we find ourselves fighting that same kind of fear, doubt, uncertainty, can we trust that God is working? God is working in Orlando. God is working in Tokyo. God is working for the nations, bringing about his mission for the world. His mission, to be a blessing, to be a city on a hill, proclaiming the good news that Jesus melts hearts. Maybe you don't use that phrase. I kind of like it. God melts hearts, like Rahab, hard hearts, and brings his people into the fold of God from the nations. Let's go to this uh, next slide. Um, Actually, sorry, one more. So this is our pastor Saman. This is our Zoom worship. <laughs> um, in so our pastor uh, Saman, this is back. You know, during this is during early COVID times. Our church's theme for this past year had been, in English, we would call it gospel fluency. What does it mean to naturally, easily talk about your faith with others? And uh, Saman was leading this class on Zoom with church members, and the assignment. Was to take a step and reach out to someone you knew and just, you know, one step forward in the process of well, what does it look like to talk about your faith. And so Sema himself did the same thing. He's telling this story of reaching out to a wagashiya uh, owner, a friend of his. A wagashiya is a, like a Japanese confectionery, sweets. He's got these awesome uh, dango, these uh, sticks with pounded rice with glaze. Anyway. Trust me, they're good. Uh, But, uh, and this is not actually the guy, I found this picture online, but (laughs) a guy like this. Um, But he approached his friend from the PTA and said, hey, you know, I'm, you know, I'm part of a church and we're in a situation where we're trying to practice explaining what we believe to other people who may not have heard before. And would you mind if, if you had some time, could I practice just sharing what, you know, what I believe, and maybe you could give me some feedback on, and if it made sense or you had questions. And the fellow, to, you know, same as surprise was like, sure, I could do that. And then Seema's the follow-up question was, now, you've never been to a church before, right? Because, and that's an assumption <laughs> as you meet people in Japan. And the fellow said, actually, I have. And Seema said, where was that? And he said, it was in San Diego, now, Sama was surprised because Sama had lived in San Diego for three years after seminary in the States uh, as he was interning and preparing for ordination in the PCA. It wasn't the same church, but this fellow explained that as a high school student, he was in a homestay situation, uh, studying a bit in the States. It was with his family. It turned out to be a Christian family that loved him well, engaged him, embraced him. Uh, he had, ex- had experience with attending church, he didn't really understand it, but it was interesting, and he was impacted by his experience. Well, now, like 20 years later, same as approaching a friend, honestly expecting to be rejected, and this friend says, yes, I want to hear what you have to say, because 20 years before, God was preparing the way. God was working behind the scenes to make this man curious and want to know so this story is just beginning, but it's just I thought it was a, a beautiful picture of how we don't know what God is doing behind the scenes. God is working. Let's go to this next slide. A close family friends of ours, Japanese family. Uh, we met them because they attended a wedding, like a friend of a friend, and they heard about that Grace Harbor Church gathered in the very wa- a Tokyo waterfront island, man-made island where we all live, and where they live and they decided one day to come check it out they wanted their kids to have some exposure to english because we do a bilingual service as one way to to bless and to love our community and through that we get to know them uh, an opportunity to uh, share the gospel through the church god's people through god's word uh, consistent relationship over time we are praying for them and trusting that god is doing a work in their hearts Uh, Next picture, there's a picture of Sarah with several of her friends, and we rejoice that when this, uh, that in this picture that now two of these three ladies have come to faith. One, Sarah met at the park, just playing with the kids. That was back in 2012, and our dear friend uh, professed faith and was uh, baptized back in 2016. The other friend was actually uh, in a totally different city down in Nagoya Met some missionaries with our mission and moved up to Tokyo. And so these friends, missionary friends said, I don't know if you'd even be able to meet this friend, uh, but she's heading up your way. It would be great if you could reach out to her. Guess what? She moved a block and a half away from where we lived in a city of 38 million people, right? (laughs) How cool is that? And this long journey of friendship and love uh, saw her come to faith, Professor Freetham be baptized in 2019. We see that God is working. Uh, many, there are so many different stories, but in ways we don't expect. And we see that God is the one behind the scenes working. So in our fear, our doubt, our uncertainty, we face these things before COVID, we face them now, we'll face them after COVID. God is still working, accomplishing his mission through his people, the church. Let's look one more time at our theme verse from Acts 28. We've already had it read today, but therefore let it be known that that the salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles, to the nations. I love this part. They will listen. Let me continue on talking about Paul here. Proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Because God is the one at work. Even in our fear and our uncertainty, we can boldly Proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God and we can have confidence that there is no obstacle, no hindrance to his mission to the nations because he is our hope. Let's pray. God, our Father, we come before you in humility, in awe of what you are doing for your kingdom throughout the nations hearing testimonies today in many ways, and that even though we see obstacles and hindrances, God, you are working. Give us confidence, give us hope to trust in you, to be bold, to step forward in faith for your glory and for your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.